Welcome to Super Cast Brothers, where two brothers engage in a super cast. Is this like, you know, the cast you put on your leg? Are we like the yeah. cast? Yeah. Are, are we the cast? Or are we wearing the cast? Well, uh, we got to go around the metrics here. I don't understand who's the cast and who's the leg. When... <laughs> Well, our audience is the leg, and we're the cast which wraps around them and engages them with, with interesting discussion. That sounds like torture. Were casts ever cool in school for you? Like, were kids ever enamored with the idea of having a cast? I, I don't think they weren't enamored by the idea of having a cast, but whenever, whenever, whenever somebody was wearing one, there was absolutely, oh, let me sign your cast. But I was never mm-hmm. friends with any of the kids that actually wore the cast, partly because I was never friends. But also because those guys were used to the ones that were like, you know, rough and tumble, and I did not hang in the rough and tumble. Yeah, I had a friend who in fifth grade jumped from the top landing of his staircase at home. So that way he would break his arm purposefully on a dare to get a cast for everyone to sign. I knew a guy that blew his hand off. Oh, nice. Yeah, I don't... At the time, they said it was fireworks, but then, like, years later, somebody said it was with a pipe bomb? I was like, what? Oh! Yeah, yeah. That's I, a, I know that's a guy a little... that blew his hand off. I don't know that's a... what he was thinking. I'm pretty sure he regrets it. But, uh, mm-hmm. he was the talk of the school for a bit. That's that's interesting. When you said blew his hand off, I wasn't sure, uh... No, I mean, literally, was... hand gone. He got a stomach. Yeah, I was like, literal, or was it a colloquialism, or was it... Literal. You know, to be taken a certain way, but literal. Ooh. Yeah, no, yeah. He has that, no uh... <laughs> Well, my buddy who... He's a cool guy, though. I just never interacted with him. Oh, yeah. Yeah, he uh, made some interesting choices. It's a good thing you weren't there on the fateful eve that occurred. Yes. Um. Yeah, my pal who did that was so enamored by the cast that he got the first time that everyone signed mm-hmm. that he did it a second time. That sounds stupid. Yep. But you know, it's funny. He was very smart, and then he went on to graduate college in honors, and he on the president's list and all that fancy stuff. And now he works in Congress. So what you're saying, he's stupid. <laughs> could be. Hey, he could be the he could be the subject of the moves that I'm proposing to you today. Well, considering that I'll go against the rules of what today's news are supposed to be about, I would kind of doubt that. But that does yeah, that's the questions like, what is this episode about? It's a Smash Tokyo, yeah. right? But we don't even know who the other person is doing. The viewers don't even know this time around. No, it's going to just be innocuously titled Z and J's Mystery Characters or Submissions or what, whatever. whatever. And yeah, you we're going to dive titles. into it. <laughs> exactly. Z and J's mystery characters. There you go. Yeah. So, so just because submissions is more like a mercurious thing. Yeah. So here's the thing. This was an idea that I had like six months ago, pretty much. We were trying to think. It was like, okay, so we know that season one, year one of Supercast was going to end around this time. We should do something special for those last three episodes of the year, since we kind of do things in a cycle of. On topic smash up your smash chest so all three are going to be something special we already saw uh last episode where 
we really went back on the origins of not just Super Smash Bros. Mercurios, but our own friendship. It was our MCU origin story, if you will. This And for this episode of Smashtopia, traditionally it's been, okay, we each pick the same character. It's like, okay, this is going to be the character we're going to do. We're going to each make a moveset for him. And then we'll tell each other our ideas. We'll combine things. We'll mishmash the jigsaw pieces together. And we just have a moveset that's hopefully the best of both worlds. Yeah. The general idea. But this time mm-hmm. around, I kind of thought what would be cool is if we both came up with, our, with separate characters. And we were instead presenting them to not just the viewers, but to each other. Our own ideas completely independent of each other. I don't know what Jono has done. Jono doesn't know what I've done. He probably has some guesses. And then I have a couple theories on his as well. He's probably more likely to be accurate on who I've chosen than I am to be accurate on him. Because, let's be honest, Jono, just sometimes you come up with the weirdest, (laughs) weirdest shit. Let's yeah, like when Trevor and I made the Puyo blobs on Mercurius all those years ago. Yeah, yeah, that's definitely one of them. And the, we <laughs> kind of set up two rules for ourselves with what character character we can choose here. One, it has to follow the, uh, what, what's pretty much just like fan rules for what kind of character can be in Smash. It has to be a video game character, obviously that's like an official rule as far as we know now. And then they have, either the character or their franchise has to have been on a Nintendo system at some point we saved their franchise because um like with joker got on get got into smash but the only game he was in on his new system was persona q but the larger persona series has been actually no persona hadn't been on nintendo before besides persona q and then i remember it but shin megami tensei was yeah. Persona's a spin-off of that and then also with uh cloud strife from Bungary 7 ff7 was only gotten on nintendo in uh the, on the switch but he did appear in uh one of the kingdom hearts games on the Game Boy Advance, but then Final Fantasy originated on the Nintendo platform. So this yeah. still kind of fit in there. And then the other the other stipulation for us is whatever character that we each choose, they should be a character that is plausible under those rules, but for whatever reason will never, ever, ever actually get into Smash. For whatever reason. Yep. That reason could be because it's a super minor character that only appears in one game and only for five minutes, and therefore nobody fucking remembers it. Or it could be a character like uh, from Mortal Kombat where their games are not allowed in Japan, so that's just that's just never going to fucking happen. It, mm-hmm. it could be anything, as long as it follows yeah. the previous rules. So no Goku, no Naruto, no Ronald McDonald or Shrek. We could have no some donkey. wild shit. No dragon, no king, no Prince Farquaad or, or Fiona or whatever. None of them, none of them. None of them. Not even Donkey and and the Dragon's Kids. No. Or that character Justin Timberlake played in the third one. I who did he play in the third one? I don't recall off the top of my head. It's some blonde guy. Was it Rumble Stiltskin? Was that the third one? Or was that the fourth one? Don't they made too many Shrek movies. They should have stopped after the second one. The second one was actually good. After that, it was just like, what are you doing? Same thing with Ice Age. You should have stopped after the second one. Just, just, I've had yeah. enough. I've had yeah. enough. Will uh, any character from Ice Age appear on this podcast? Nope! I mean, maybe in a Smasher Dash. 
Yep, well, not uh, no, not in this episode. <laughs> versus the Hamburglar. Oh no, not in this episode. No, <laughs> this is the Hamburglar. <laughs> okay, that that'll be a future episode. Then. Scrap for assist trophy. Yeah, of course, absolutely. Hell yeah. <laughs> Anyways, okay. That's that's pretty much what today's episode is about. We don't know who the other person's gonna bring up. It's gonna be interesting. I'm looking at my character right now. I'm just like he he he, gonna be fun. And you're probably just like he he he, gonna fuck his mind. And I'm gonna be sad. <laughs> you, you t- I, really mm, hope, I don't know. I really hope it's not the one that I think it's going to be. Because I, I'm going. To, I, if it's who I think it's going to be, I'm going to groan. I also just hope it's somebody that I knew who it is, because that's just more fun. But yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, you could. When we get to the reveal portion of this podcast, and absolutely, mm-hmm. let me know if it's who you thought it was. Yeah. Um, yeah. and and I'll do the same for you. Um, let's see here. Before we get started, I would like to say. It's cool that we're doing this episode too after right after the Mercurius look back episode because that for a couple of reasons. Uh number 1, this is more akin to the Mercurius style where we would submit character ideas independently of each other more often than not and then just comment in one another po- one another's post. So it's nostalgic in that sense. Absolutely. Um yeah, and it's also nostalgic in the sense that we talked about a lot of people like Pretty Pink Pony or Kamek Guy or even James 007 and Nobusawa, who were a part of the Mercurius structure back in the day but are no longer a part of our lives now, at least not presently. Um, and I've got to say, I look to Nobusawa a lot for inspiration on this character. Really? Oh, yeah. Uh, I'm worried now. <laughs> That's not the direction I was expecting, because when I hear Nobisawa in characters, I think Dynasty Warriors and Samurai Warriors and Fire Emblem and Russians. <laughs> yeah. Maybe we it's may Revolver Ocelot. The... Maybe that's the character. Wait, no. Was he the Russian yeah. in Metal Gear? Who Who's the Russian? Yeah. Yes. Yes. Okay. He doesn't... His, his older... His older appearance... I don't remember being that Russian-y. Just his, like, his younger one, where he had, like, the, the beret. Yeah. Yeah, he was, he started out KGB, and then it just kind of went crazy from there, as Metal Gear does. Yeah, I was gonna say, like, that just sounds like Kojima. Oh, yeah. My character Speaking could be Kojima. Apparently there was big news for Metal Gear fans recently. Uh, apparently for, like, uh... for, like, 30 minutes or something like that, all the PlayStation... <laughs> Players were like, I think it was like Metal Gear 4 or 5 had disarmed all their nukes and they unlocked like a special cutscene or something. What? Yeah, I didn't know, but apparently in one of the Metal Gear games, the players can like disarm their nukes and if every player, dis- if every like pe- person in the game had disarmed their nukes, they unlocked a special cutscene? I don't, I don't mm-hmm. know. And I, and I mean every player across the entire platform. I don't know how they could have possibly known this, but apparently it's a thing. What in the world? Yeah, I, I don't know, man. I don't know. The cutscene had or had already been out there because uh, it leaked on PC, <laughs> as it does. <laughs> but yeah, apparently he had some kind of disarm your nukes special thing in there. I don't know. 
I it's the kind of thing that I guess is just like indicative how just of just how Kojima is. Like shit. He's an yeah, people like him or, or like Suda fifty one are very interesting game developers to say the very least. Um and and uh no, Harada. Harada as well. Oh yeah. What's interesting don't, is that I don't ask him for shit. What's that? <laughs> don't talk to him in English on Twitter. Oh, I was thinking of Kamiya, not Harada. Uh, both of them, really. I, yeah, don't yeah, don't yeah. make either Kamiya or Harada mad. Especially yeah, Kamiya. Absolutely. Especially Kamiya. <laughs> oh, man. He's a, he's a massive troll. Yeah, he massive loves it, though. Troll. He loves it. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Um... Yeah, so our character could be... It could not really be Hideo Kojima, of course, but it could be Norman Reedus. It it could be Sam Porter, yes, but I think yeah. he's... he's Well, he hasn't been on Nintendo, actually, so no, it can't be. Yeah, and he's also just, because he's mainstream, a little more obvious anyway. Yeah. It, so... If he was on Nintendo, he would be in the, like, technically, actually possible list. Yeah, yeah. More possible than yeah. our characters are today. Yeah, yeah. Although we'll see, we'll see when we get to that hill. I was gonna say something, but I'm gonna leave it be until the reveal. Okay. So, how do we want to approach this reveal? Should we take some guesses at who the other characters are, or shall we just go right into it? Uh, I said just go into it. And if okay. you want to, and go into like why you chose this character, or if there were any other characters that you were considering before you eventually landed on this one, and just just okay about that. And also, who like who the character actually like is is. Right, absolutely. So uh, we shall begin. Who would you like to go first? Shall you go or shall I? I think you should go. I think I should go. Okay. Wait, what? You think I should go? Okay, that's what yes. I meant to say. But now I think I should go too because you okay. said that I should go. Then so go. there were a number of characters who I was considering for this brilliant episode um from off the top when we mentioned this half a year ago or near the start of 2020 when this idea first came to be my first idea was the pocket card jockey from the nintendo 3ds game of the same name which is essentially a very niche title that i guess saw some acclaim in japan from nintendo developed in-house where you would play card games on the bottom screen and that would affect how you ride your horse and its placement in a horse race. Really? Yeah, so involving cards and all and, and horses and it was interesting. But the problem is that I wasn't I hadn't played the game and I sold my three DS off a long time ago. Didn't feel inspired to watch a let's play of it because it would be boring, so then I just moved on. Fair enough. Um as we, I let a few months lay and and thought of other potential characters, most of whom fell to the wayside because I feel like they're too ubiquitous to Nintendo, even if they're more, um, you know, out there as, in terms of characters like P.D. Piranha or like, um, yeah, like P.D. Piranha, since I forgot the other character I was thinking of. Kylie Koopa. No, Poochie. Poochie oh, from Joseph's Island. I don't know how I do a yeah. Poochie moveset. Maybe I'll talk about it one day or, or just post it on the wiki because sure. I have a full moveset made for Poochie. I mean, there, there's nothing it's... that says that we can only do movesets from the pockets. Like, if you've got an idea, you don't got to wait till an episode. You can just put it on there. I don't give a shit. 
Yeah, very true. Then, uh, then, um, I was, I got more inventive. For some reason, I kept veering towards first party characters. As far as third parties go, mm-hmm. I only thought of, God, there was a puzzle game on the DS a while ago. I'm trying to remember the name. Pu- it was like Puzzle, puzzle Henry. Game. Henry Henry Hatsworth in the Puzzling Adventure. What? So I was thinking about doing Henry Hatsworth. Okay. Then, yeah, then after we talked about... Then it was just too long since I played it. Um, then we were talking about Mercurius last... You know, over the last couple of weeks. Uh-huh. And I was thinking about redoing the Elf Bowling Elf. <laughs> oh, Jesus. And I thought that was too much of a troll. Then I was like, what other first or second party characters can I think of that are just strange? How about... Mr. Lugs, the belching, overweight man in the dining room in the original Luigi's Mansion. Or um, Uku, and and Uku Jr. from Twilight Princess. God, that thing is so (laughs) creepy looking. I know. And I really wanted to make that happen, but I just couldn't think of it in time. This was like like two weeks out from this episode at this point. Jesus. I need Um, my character months to go. (laughs) <laughs> as you do as, as you do. do um see so it always goes i'm the one that produces it hopefully on time and you're the guy with the more organized ideas yeah um <laughs> that's kind of the dynamic i mean i have and... my character ready to post on the wiki as soon as we're done recording this i have everything okay. written down i have everything written down too but i need to redo it to be more detailed wow um yeah Yep. Um, but yeah. So then I had two final characters to choose between. Mm-hmm. Both are platforming characters. Both are Fuck. platforming characters from the 8-bit era. Fuck. <laughs> Both are platforming characters that are truly beloved by a cult collective of fans. And by cult collective of fans, you mean you? Yep, like when you had that best of gaming poll thing where people chose what they wanted you to play. Oh, man. In our friend group. Yeah. And it's already an assist trophy on Smash Topia. God damn it. It was Biomiracle Bokuteupa from the hit Konami game in the, I think, early 90s on the Famicom that reached Virtual Console back in 2007 or so. And I loved that game. But I didn't choose Biomiracle Bokuteupa. Thank the gods. <laughs> and I knew it was what you thought I was going to choose. Because it's you. And that's part of why I didn't go for it. So now the crime that I feel I may have is that this character, in hindsight, feels maybe a tad more likely. But I don't think it'll ever happen. And I think, and it still is going to give you a similar reaction to Upa. Okay, well, hit me with it. Yeah, so get on with it. Yeah. Okay. Who is it? Yeah. You want a Coca Cola? What? Pepsi Man? Or should I just throw? Should I just want to want a vacation out in the snow? Huh? What? <laughs> want to wear? very handsome pink shorts and go out shirtless with me into the snow 
I have no idea what the hell you're talking about. <laughs> In the spirit of piranha plant and upa combined, I chose the polar bear from Ice Climbers. Oh. <laughs> oh okay. <laughs> huh. All right. Yeah. Well, yeah. it's preferable to fucking upa. <laughs> no, but when you said, like, throw a Coke, I was, I was like, wait, Pepsi Man? What? <laughs> Not from the 8-bit era, though, Pepsi Man. <laughs> I don't fucking know, man. Although, technically, maybe Pepsi Man is applicable since he debuted in a game. <laughs> uh, yeah, te technically, Pepsi Man would be applicable, te technically, technically, technically. But, yeah, that's, that's yeah, a real yeah. iffy gray one. Yeah, gotta gotta love my overdrawn build up to polar bear. I so, mean, um, hey, yep, you could have done worse. <laughs> could have done. I'm okay with this. World. I am very okay with this. <laughs> okay, let's let's get on with the show. How about you? All right. So for mine, uh, I don't even consider for one second a first party character. I was just like, nah. Because yep. re really, I feel like most of the first party choices I would think of have some level of possibility of getting into Smash. What like, about Dunk Kong that yellow with blue with blue spots? That just sounds like made of bullshit. Oh, okay. But like, um, we we talked recently about F type or styles or the savvy stylist, and while they have low chances, they still have a chance. They are a legitimate. Mm -hmm possible character being smash which meant yeah. in my mind they were out not, i'm not i didn't want to do them so i just looked at third parties and the very first character i thought of the character i thought of when i initially pitched this idea to you is the character i wound up going with but there were a couple times i considered well what if i did like start like spy fox or putt putt from the humongous entertainment games oh my god i know who those, this is those have been fantastic to do i was really like man spy Spy Fox has all kinds of gadgets, like a, a toothbrush that when you put the the right kind of toothpaste on it, it like has this little laser that you can cut through steel doors with, or um, a, a, he has like a little bug guy that he could flip into people's pockets and he like they transmit wireless messages. You know, it's like planting a bug but with a bug. You know, he he's got all kinds of fun shit. But I decided, you know what? While Spy Fox or Puppet would be really cool. I'm going to save them for maybe maybe sometime in the future. And I'm going to go with my original idea. And before Mavis save... Beacon. You what? Mavis Beacon, the typing tutor. I, I don't know what that is, but no. Before I say who they are, I'm going to read this little bit of lore from their character profile. Evan McMillan idolized his father. It wasn't just that he was heir to a great fortune... It was the way he ran the estate. Raised under his firm hand, Evan had taken to running the workforce with an iron hand. Production was always high, and the Macmillan estate prospered under father and son. As Archie Macmillan's mental state slowly disintegrated, Evan protected him from the hurt he wanted a piece of the fortune. No matter what his father asked of him, Evan would do. When Archie Macmillan finally snapped, Evan became his enforcer in what would become known as the worst mass murder in modern history. 
They never <laughs> proved that Evan led over a hundred men to those dark tunnels before detonating the explosives and sealing them to their fate. The tales of the Macmillan estate is a tale of wealth and power gone very wrong. How many victims fell to the hands of father and son is unknown. No record is ever made of what became of Evan Macmillan. His father is another unsolved puzzle, found trapped in the locked basement of his own warehouse, starved and abandoned. But as for what really happened to Evan, I know, and anyone who has played this game knows as well. For Evan Macmillan was pulled into an alternate realm by an entity known as the Entity. And from then on, his name became the Trapper from Dead by Daylight. <laughs> yeah, I figured you'd probably have a strong guess that I was going to be doing something Dead by Daylight. There. I can hear way off trail screeching in the, in the <laughs> rafters now. So um, of, he knows that I've been planning this for a long time, and I and I used him to bounce a couple. Uh, I showed him some of my ideas, just kind of like get, get, gave somebody else who's played the games thoughts on them. So, uh, mm-hmm. Oya Trail, thanks, thanks. In, in Dead by Daylight is a uh, it, it's on the Switch. It's never getting to Smash because it's all about brutal murder people there's survivors that are pulled into this a trial grounds for four of them at a time they're trying to escape there's a murderer a killer rather uh chasing after them it could be the trapper could be other characters like the wraith or freddy krueger michael myers they they could be any of them chasing them and uh you know if they catch them they pick them up they well they first they slash them with their weapon whatever it may be they put them on a giant meat hook and they leave them to die. Yep. And sometimes they straight up murder them by their own hands. So that's fine. Yep. So sometimes you'll see a character have a chainsaw bees just lodged through their gut. Nice. It is. Shucky ducky now, as they say. Yes. That's, uh, that's... Game. I'll probably be playing it later tonight. <laughs> as as you often do, I see I see those uh, listers playing now on Discord. <laughs> yeah, with Drone, I play it fairly often. It's either that or Tabletop Simulator, usually on your end. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I was thinking Dead by Daylight at first, but then you started talking about those different kids games, and I was like, shit, he chose Pajama Sam, and I was like, no, nope, he cho- he chose the Trapper. <laughs> Pajama Sam would have been pretty damn good too. Pajama Sam would have been fun. Yeah. If, if I did any of the Humanus Entertainment games as a character, it would 100% be Spy Fox. There's no doubt about that. Maybe it will one of these days. Maybe. Oh, you probably will, actually. Um, I've certainly yeah, thought about it. It's interesting, too, because it's like an insurgency of, of people on Smashboards who are, like, really interested in Carmen Sandiego being playable on Smash Brothers now, too. Let's, let's be real. The Smash Brothers community is fucking bonkers. Yeah, there was that one time they all unified behind Mickey Mouse. The the Smash Brothers Reddit is obsessed with Shrek. Me. Like they're obsessed with Shrek. They're <laughs> obsessed with Corey in the house. It's like guys, what the fuck? Home Depot and Taco Bell future Smash Dash. Apparently. So our characters have been revealed. We have the Holy think uh... and the Trapper. <laughs> what all what right. a what a duo. What a pair. 
Jesus Christ. So I figure we'll just um, we'll start with you in each category because because uh, we mix up the orders can be a little bit weird. Uh, mm-hmm. We'll just go in our normal path of like uh, the entrance animations, the Kirby hats, taunts, character poses, all that shit, moves, everything. Mm-hmm. Okay. Sounds good to me. So let's jump into the polar bear from the some year that Ice Climber came out. Hit game, Ice Climber. Actually, it's kind of a kind of a mess, isn't it? The the, the control scheme is is a little slippery. I, I have played and it not for in the a, way that... uh, for a YouTube video. I, I played it and recorded it, and oh my god, the game sucks. Ice yeah, Climber is fucking awful. Also, it came out January thirtieth, nineteen eighty-five. You're welcome. The ni- okay, the nineteen eighty-five smash hit, coming out in the winter time as it should. Uh, Ice climber, what a what a game. Let's let's collect some eggplants, boys. Okay. So, <laughs> so for polar bear's entrance animation, there is a. It mod- modestly sized igloo already on stage with a front entrance and a topi appears and knocks on it and then polar bear comes walking out scratching his head and is ready to fight okay now when you say topi are you talking about the topis that look like dolphins from the original game or the weird little half a snowman thing that we got in smash melee for censorship I was thinking the snowman thing. Okay. Yeah. Which I, I actually think that the seal things were from rather a... What am I trying to say here? A beta of the game, and then they turned it into the snowman. Because I remember playing Ice Climber, the original version, um, and it was the yet... Oh! Okay, I'm reading here on the wiki really quickly. The Japanese version was seals, and then they were censored in america and then topis just became the, the yeti thing yep. okay so by topi i mean the yeti thing okay yeah how about for the trapper so for the trapper uh for his interesting animation honestly for all of his animations i struggled because in dead by daylight all the killers ever do is just like they have like their basic slash attack they can pick somebody off the ground or interrupt them by like grabbing them off of uh, a pallet or jumping through a window, place on hook, like close a door, and kick kick things. That's really all the killers do. So some of them have like special animation, but Trapper is very very simple. So I, was, I I struggled a lot on what his animations would be, but eventually I decided <laughs> okay for your interest animation. A, a lot of the realms sort of that you can play on in Dead by Daylight, they have this dark mist to them. And uh, before you're going into match, you can play different offerings to either, like, thicken or lessen the mist, causing, like, it make it be, like, either easier or harder to see going on the stage. So I figured, you know what? Here's what would make sense. The Trapper, there's this this dark, shaded mist, kind of, kind of fog-like, uh, that's just, like, sitting there on the stage, kind of like a circular pattern of it, I guess. And the Trapper just walks out from it ominous yes quite ominous quite the trap you think it's just a innocent patch of fog and then he walks out of there yeah nice uh fairly representative of the series i enjoy it 
and now I guess we're going to get ourselves into some taunts. But how do we want to approach the taunts is my question. Shall we just list all three of them in a row for each of our characters, or shall we go one after the other? I would say list all three. Okay, all three then. Let's uh, let's book ourselves a one trip, a one, what? A one path trip, a one way flight. Let's book ourselves a one way flight to Polar Town, shall we? Okay. So for the first taunt, Polar Bear looks towards the screen with an open mouth smirk, baring his teeth with the sunglasses shining, while it gives a thumbs up. Uh, and then in a, in a kind of a way similar to Morgana and Joker, uh, the topi from the entrance animation also appears here. Uh, a topi appears beside Polar Bear, committing to the same pose, so they're both looking towards the screen uh, with a thumbs up, uh, and the topi is also wearing sunglasses. So it's kind of like a more innocent, lovely take on the deal with it meme, but done by a Polar Bear and a topi. Okay. Yep, number <clears throat> two... Polar Bear grunts happily. And when I say grunts happily, I was kind of thinking like Donkey Kong in the past when he'd be like, hey, hey. So kind of like that. Polar Bear grunts happily, and he's giving a self-congratulatory motion. So think like boxing, uh, like when there's two hands clasped and you're holding them on either side of your head and shaking them back and forth. You know, rah, rah, shish, kimba. Um... And he's shaking them while they're raised to either side of his head. Uh, the topi appears on both sides of Polar Bear and is jovially, jovially hopping up and down with its arms outstretched. So it's cheering Polar Bear on. Okay. And for the third taunt, uh, Polar Bear, in an effort to be a rising up and comer in the sumo scene, slams one foot down and then the other. So think E Honda. Uh, and it's in an effort to intimidate its opponents, kind of like with a half-smirk, open, clenched teeth situation, just looking towards opponents like that with its hands on his uh, knees. And that's that. Okay. <laughs> Interesting. Yeah. There, there's one thing that I'm kind of disappointed you haven't mentioned as well, but I'm going to wait and see if you say it as a victory pose. <clears throat> before I comment on what that idea could have been. Mm -hmm. So for the Trapper, uh, as I said before, the Trapper really doesn't have special animations to him in Dead by Daylight. Like, so I, it took me some time to come up with things that I was really happy with. Survivors actually have two uh, emotes, more or less, that they can do in the game. One being mm -hmm. where they can uh, point forwards, kind of like warn you something's over there, or point you to say, hey, you should go that way. Or they can uh, gesture towards them by like, waving at somebody like, hey, come over here. And beyond that, they can do, like, the typical teabagging. But I decided, you know what? I can make use of one of these for the Trapper. So mm -hmm. for Thomas number one, the Trapper is going to gesture forward with his finger pointing straight ahead, which he's seen many survivors do in the challenges. But when you see this man with this horrible mask and appearance, and he's just pointing forwards at you, it's kind of, you know, just a little bit more menacing than when somebody that's a normal human would point at you. It's almost as if he's mm -hmm. saying, you're next. <laughs> Buddy Bear. For his second taunt, I the Trapper uh, le lean back a little bit, you know, ar arching his back just ever so slightly, and he just lets out this loud, guttural scream. 
up, he's ready to start murdering. Because that's what he is. He's a murderer. Like, like, uh... Like, well, what? Oh, no, I was, make, I was making the sound effect the Trapper would... Oh, I didn't hear anything. Oh, like... Ah! Well, a little bit, you know, louder and more menacing than... Ah! So, not quite that. But, more, sure, 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 more or less. Uh, and then for his third taunt, uh, it's an animation I'm lifting straight from the game as well. Uh, in Dead by Daylight, whenever the Trapper hits somebody with his normal attack, he'll, he'll pause for a moment and just, like, wipe his bloody cleaver on his on his sleeve because that's mm -hmm. how you know you can't just like rapidly chain hit you have to have a little bit of buffer in time there so the taunt is just trapper will take his cleave and just like wipe it across his sleeve make nice. it as clean as he can just that one simple motion <laughs> i could i could see that this would be very very nintendo approved i mean uh... like we said for whatever <laughs> for whatever reason these characters will never be in smash and a trapper it ain't fucking happening. No, no. Polar Bear <laughs> would be in Smash if Sakurai wanted to damn us all. Polar Bear has more of a chance than the Trapper does. Yeah, there is that. There is that. Um, <laughs> I'm surprised that you didn't bring in the courtesans. <laughs> no, no, no courtesans for a Trapper here. Also, I still okay. say that just like I, I still say that that wasn't a bad a victory animation for. Etsy. It's not like people playing Smash are going to be like, oh man, look at these courtesans. They're not going to know. They're just going to see four dancing ladies. They're just going to dance. You guys were just too, too hardcore there. I, I resent oh, it. I resent it fine, so much. Fine, fine choice of words when talking about a prostitute. Okay, anywho. The lovely ladies. The lovely ladies. The loveliest of ladies. Yeah, leaving... Uh, yeah, we, we did go too hardcore with the lovely ladies. Okay. <laughs> All right. So, what are your victory, victory poses for the polar bear? Victory, victory poses for the polar bear. Okay. Number one, the condor makes its first appearance in this move set. Uh, well, you know, character sheet rather, because this is not the special attacks. But nevertheless, the condor makes its first appearance uh, by swooping in from the top of the screen, and we get that dynamic shot, kind of with the polar bear looking up towards the sky. And in the Condor's Challenge as an eggplant, with eyes as you do an ice climber, and the Condor drops the eggplant into the polar bear's hands, and then the polar bear just, you know, digs into it like at a hot dog eating contest and just bites right into the middle and starts munching on it happily. <laughs> Number two. Okay. Okay. Uh, okay. <laughs> The camera zooms in on Polar Bear, uh, and the Polar Bear begins to spin kind of in a celebratory stance like Mario does, you know, where he spins around and then he's kind of making that silly uh, mus muscle man kind of pose. Um, but before he can finish the stance, he slips. So the Polar Bear fumbles, and it, the camera pans out, and the Polar Bear needs its help regaining its footing, so the Topi comes along and helps it back into stance. And Polar Bear just kind of rubs its neck sheepishly while looking towards the Topi, embarrassed. Aww. Yep. And number three, Polar Bear is standing back to back with the Snow Bear. We'll get to that later. The Snow Bear. I I'm assuming this is going to be like a, a down special 
counter shield kind of a deal where it's like a decoy. He's a snowman that looks just like the polar bear. It is a snowman that looks just like the polar bear. Um, so they're standing back to back with each other, and each of them are with their arms crossed, and there's cool smiles across their faces. Okay. And okay. that's that's kind of that. Did I disappoint you? Yes. Okay. What were you waiting for? So so first of all, you know. When people think of polar bears and sunglasses and whatnot, they tend to think of like, oh, the polar bears drink the Coca-Cola bottles. Now, obviously, we uh, can't have polar bears drink Coca-Cola because product placement and smash, and that's just not happening. But why couldn't he have been like drinking hot cocoa? Why couldn't he have had a mug of hot cocoa and just sip from it for a taunter <laughs> victory pose? God damn it! You know, Come on. I thought of that and deliberately went against it just because of the the meme but then again this whole thing is a meme so we should have just leaned into it uh, you know what it could it could tell, he can drink a frosted beverage it just you just don't have to have it labeled as a coke yeah like come maybe on. that could come on. maybe that'll replace a taunt maybe that'll replace a taunt like the like the snow bear one's kind of weak so and it was a spoiler for something later on which was kind of disappointing in hindsight eh, so we'll see. we'll see yeah all right, so for my victory poses, for the first one I have here, the result screen is dark, and it's shrouded in this deep dark mist, this misty fog, just kind of like kind of like his his entrance animation, and you just see the trapper walk out from the mist, and get really close to the camera, tilt his head just ever so slightly, and just menacingly stare out forwards. Ooh. That's some creepy business. Yes, it is. For the second one, the trapper will just be standing there and his mask will be like slightly just like off kilter on his face, like it's not properly fitting. And so he's just gonna take the opportunity to readjust the mask and get it more more set so that it's actually on his face and you can actually like look out through the eye holes. There's not just like a horrible tilted mask. Because you know, sometimes in battle, your mask straps get loose and you know the thing gets all wonky and you have to take a moment to readdress. Yeah. Initially, that was going to be a taunt. I was like, eh, eh. Eh. For the third one. Survivors in Dead by Daylight can carry one of several items into the trial to use in whatever way. They can use a key to open up the, the hatch, which lets them escape the trial instantly. They can carry maps with them to uh, mark down different items of interest. And they can look at the map and they can see where on the field where these things are. They can bring a med kit to heal themselves and other players. They can bring a toolbox to help work on the generators faster, which they have to repair in order to get the exit doors open. Or they can bring a flashlight, which they can use to blind the killers temporarily and make it so that they can't see anyone. Killers hate the flashlights because some toxic survivors like to just like keep on blinking their flashlight repeatedly in the killer's face, and it's really annoying and it pisses people off. So for Trapper's third victory pose, you'll see him holding a flashlight. You know, he's kind of like trying to understand it. So he's holding it up close to his face. He's looking at the light portion. It's not on, but he has it like in front of his eyes. And then he somehow accidentally turns it on and it just shines this bright light into his face. So he just reels back with a grunt and then drops the flashlight. Like, what the hell was that? <laughs> good times. That's a good one. I enjoy it. Original scene was like, oh, he he breaks the flashlight and he throws it. Like, eh, this is more entertaining. Mm-hmm. It is. 
So what's Polar Bear's Kirby hat? Polar Bear. <laughs> uh, Kirby <laughs> sucks up Polar Bear. And then, you know, Polar Bear is happy. What? Because <laughs> Kirby dons a hat that looks like Polar Bear's face, just with the Polar Bear, its snout, its mouth, its sunglasses. And that's just kind of it. Kind of like the Charizard one and Lucario and whatnot. Yeah, I was I was thinking of like a full body Kirby thing where he would gain a snout and was like, that's creepy. So yeah. let's go with the hat. I, I, How I about that's probably what it would be? Uh, quick quick yeah. quick question on it. Uh, does the hat also have the polar bear's sunglasses, or is Kirby wearing sunglasses? That's a good question. I I I personally think it'd probably be more uniform. Well, you know what? Actually, if you just get rid of that, just make it a little more chibi-ish than the actual polar bear you can get away with it just being a snout and kind of rounded out on kirby's head with the ears and then you can have him wear sunglasses okay that is true i didn't i had not thought of that <laughs> huh nice how so about trapper for my trapper kirby. For, first of all speaking of whale trail just popped up showing that he's playing dead by daylight <laughs> just had to point that out He's playing. Oh, he's actually, and he's actually uh, already sent me a message saying that when we're done here, to I can hop on. So, fun times tonight. <laughs> but uh, for the trapper is Kirby hat. You know, generally Kirby hats are pretty self-explanatory. They're pretty easy to tell what they're going to be. I, I don't think we've ever once had a disagreement on what it's going to be. Mm -hmm. uh, he's just going to wear the trapper's mask. Simple enough. He wears nice. the mask over his face, and considering the trapper is kind of based off of Jason, not not entirely, but. There's, there's similarities there. It's more mm -hmm. or less wearing a... Not, not a hockey mask, but it's, it's kind of that same kind of imagery. So it's right. Jason Voorhees, right. Kirby. That's oh, Voorhees, if we're talking about Omen. No. No. Okay. <laughs> so with that, all the animations are done. We don't have to deliberate over what animations we're choosing, which makes the whole process go quite a bit faster, actually. Yeah, I remember Adeline, Adeline, Adeline. I never did figure out how we should pronounce it. Adeline. Um, Adeline, okay. Okay. Uh, yeah, that, spending, a, we spent probably 40 minutes on the taunts and victory poses there, didn't we? And also with Ezio, so it's nice I mean, to I, kind I, of speed it up. I find out that generally, by the time we finish the animations in most of the episodes, even right now, we're Roughly 46 minutes in. It mm -hmm. seems to be just like when we finished talking about uh, animations and everything anyways. Before we move on to the moveset. Yeah. And I guess it's time to move on to the moveset. It is. So, Polar Bear, standard special. Is he kicking an ice cube? Or is he kicking a topi? <laughs> nice. Oh my god, now... topi bowling ball. <laughs> Wouldn't that have been something? Uh, but it's just, it, Polar Bear throws a snowball. Now, when you say you throw a snowball, I assume you're being, like, actually, like, wind up and throw, like, a baseball, not, like, rolling it across the ground like a base, like a bowling ball. We'll get to that later. So, po yeah, like, he winds it up and throws it like a snowball as we, like a baseball as we do snowballs. Mm -hmm. And just depending on the charge... Uh, the momentum and damage and reach shifts, of course, 
So you're throwing that snowball faster, and you're also throwing a larger amount of snowballs in a row just straight after another. Kind of like, uh, you know, the the Mega Buster and how that generally works. Uh, but in this case, it's snowballs. They have more flinching, more flinching power. Generally, just a little more useful and deal a lot more damage. And so, like halfway through, you throw two. All the way through, you throw three in a row and blammo. Okay. So they don't increase in size necessarily. It's just you increase the amount you're going to throw at once. Right. And maybe and you, now that we're now that we're talking on the fly, I mean, maybe it could be up to five. Okay. I mean, hey, <laughs> and, why not? It's your character. Yeah, there you go. I could be like Elf Bowling Elf and just have the bowling ball take up the entire stage no matter what stage you're on. You could. <laughs> Who anyway. Who boy. Who go. So, with the Trapper, every killer in Dead by Daylight has their own unique abilities. Some of them have more unique abilities than others, like uh, the most recently added character... At the time of this recording was the Executioner, which is really just Pyramid Head from Silent Hill. And, like, the Pyramid Head's in the damn game, John. Holy <laughs> hell. And he, he's got multiple things unique to him. But the Trapper, along with the other uh, two killers that were added to the game in its base release, are all much more simplistic. And I had actually considered all three of them as who could be the killer that I do for this game. Because I, I wasn't initially set on Trapper. It was going to be Dead by Daylight something. But mm -hmm. of my choices, uh, I had the Trapper, the Hillbilly, and the Wraith. The Wraith's unique ability is he can bang a bell and become invisible. Didn't really seem it would be that interesting for Smash. The Hillbilly has a chainsaw that he can rev up and run forward, which has potential. But I thought the Trapper, in his ability to place bear traps, would be a little bit more interesting. Mm -hmm. So for his same special, Trapper will just place a bear trap on the stage. Like an actual... Metal Bloody Jaws Bear Trap. Nice. Nice. The Bear Trap can be attacked uh, and damaged and destroyed, but considering it's pretty much flat against the stage, it is difficult to hit it with most attacks. Uh, if another player runs into the Bear Trap or they fall into it, its jaws will snap shut over their leg or whatever passes for a leg for characters like Rob, and it will trap them in place. Players can wiggle mm -hmm. out of the trap by uh, rapidly moving the control stick, but the more dangerous they have on them, the harder and longer it will take to be free of it. And if they get hit by another damage dealing attack, any damage dealing attack, that will instantly free them from the trap as well. And when the character gets freed from the trap, the trap is disarmed and it is destroyed. When a character gets freed from the bear trap, whether under their own power or by an attack that hit them out of it, for the next uh, three seconds, they will take 2% damage every second as they're bleeding out. A trapper can only have two bear traps out on the stage at any one time, and if it tries to place a new one, it will destroy the oldest bear trap. Mm-hmm. There's a reason that makes it's sense. called the trapper. And there you have it. Um, wow. So, one question I do have is, so as they're in the bear trap, mm -hmm. as the character's in the bear trap, when you wiggle back and forth, are you garnering damage as well? Um, I didn't write it down as such, but it would make sense to do it that way. Probably only mm -hmm. one or two percent per second, probably, because you don't want it to be too much. Yeah. I mean, back in the precarious days, it could be like, oh, yeah, they gained 50% damage per actually, second. Actually, no. no. One would... 
No, I'm gonna say, I'm gonna say no. Uh, they are gonna get damage on the initial hit. There'll be damage on the initial hit. Mm-hmm. Maybe something in the realm of like eight to thirteen percent damage somewhere in there, maybe. But they're not gonna mm-hmm. take damage like as they're trying to struggle out of it. Because let's say you have hundred percent damage on you already, it's gonna take you longer to get out of there. So you're gonna take more damage just to escape than somebody that was at zero percent damage when they were initially hit. That's kind of unfair. That's true. That's true. Yeah, it isn't brawl we're talking about here, so we're more uh-huh. fair now. Yeah. <laughs> no tripping. The track is wide in Brawl. Um, <laughs> so, uh, the Polar Bears side special is called Slalom. Oh, okay. Okay. Uh, yeah. yeah, you know, like a, like a, you hop on a pair of snow skis, right? Yeah. And just, uh, but in this case, the Polar Bear hops on a giant snowball. Kind of more akin to Ice Climber. And then you think of those games in Mario Party where you would, like, balance back and forth on the big uh, plastic ball. Yeah. Right? So that's basically that put into moveset form. So Polar Bear is hopping up on this giant snowball, and you can hop up on it, lean down with it, kind of crouch down, I mean, um, and then move at varying speeds in any direction, uh, just so long as those input buttons are being held to, of course, make it happen. Uh, running into an opponent, um, I initially, I had it down here as running into an opponent stops the move just to make it a little less OP, but, um, as I continue thinking on the fly, we can, we can just have it eventually whittle down in terms of its potential because the snowball can, uh, decrease in size over time. And of course, this isn't, this isn't a particularly long process, say it's, uh, seven or eight seconds, and during that time, you can be knocked off of it or, or whatever. But uh, damage is dependent on how much momentum the polar bear builds up. And uh, say you're like on a stage with ramps or whatever, or on a stage like uh, Spring Stadium, you can take that ball with you as you fly up into the air and and use it in that sort of way too, kind of as a defense mechanism or a weird means to get back on stage as well. Okay. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah, so there's that. <laughs> Interesting is... Oh. I, I'm trying to... This rubber I, chicken I, has a metal hook in it. Wait, what? This rubber chicken I'm playing with. Why does it have a hook in it? Oh, because it is on a swing and they made the neck move a certain way. That's strange, but okay. Yeah. Alrighty then. So, um, <laughs> the Trapper and his side special, we'll jump right over to that. So, another uh, bit of data about Daylight is whenever you're going to, you can customize your characters by giving them different perks. Each character can have up to four perks on them, and each character also comes with their own three uh, perks that comes with that character and is initially exclusive to them. But when you level up your character to certain levels, you can unlock those perks to be able to be used on other characters. So for the Trapper size special, he has, he's going to be having the perk Brutal Strength, which is one of his three exclusive perks. In Dead by Daylight, this perk can be used to uh, damage generators and break pallets even faster than normal. So for this move, this Trapper's going to have a little bit of a wind-up to it. So you'll kind of see him start the animation, be a little bit of time, so you know you know it's coming, so you can try and get out mm-hmm. of the way. And he's going to be making a short-ranged shoulder tackle and ram himself into whatever's right in front of them. 
kind of like a Wario's um, dash attack. Or at least it was his dash attack. I don't remember if they changed it. I don't know. Wario has seen a few changes over time in Smash. But it's it's a, it's a shoulder attack. That's what people wish Wario had in Smash, not just his bike oh, and yeah. his farting and whatnot. Mm-hmm. But uh, it's more about what this move does that makes it interesting. If his opponent had made the unfortunate choice to use their shield, it's going to do a massive damage to that shield. This is a shield-breaking move. It can Ooh, easily sweet. break shields if used at the right time. Like It's going to be doing like 75% damage to your shield. If you've had that shield up for very long, your shield's gone, and you're stunned. It's a bad idea to use, to use your shield against this move. Additionally, it can also instantly break through items such as crates or blast boxes, and it will also do heavy damage to breakable terrain such as the pillars on Shadowmusters Island or against enemies like the flying one on Magicant. This is mm-hmm. all about damaging those kind of like defensive uh, defensive options that people have. It doesn't necessarily break through counters in the same way. It's more just like shielding moves. And uh, if somebody else has like a shielding a shield move like uh, I guess kind of like Pit and Dark Pit's uh, Guardian Orbitars. It would work well against that as well, because that's not really a counter, it's a shield. Mm-hmm. Uh, if it hits an opponent who isn't shielding, they're just like being doing normal opponent things. It's just going to do normal damage to them. It's really just to get rid of their defensive options. Right. That, that, uh, I like that a lot, because it opens up new gameplay possibilities. Mm-hmm. In, a, in a way that isn't necessarily too gimmicky either. Right. Um, and getting rid of getting rid of Flying Man on the fly, that's a uh, bless up, Trapper. Let's have you in the game. Yeah. I, I, I love Magic <laughs> Kansas Stage. I think Flying Man is cool, but, oh, God, Flying Man is a pain in the ass. It's OP. It's OP for it sure. It really is. Maybe Flying Man will be playable in the next one. Maybe. <laughs> let's not think about that future, though. Uh, instead, let's think about a future where Polar Bear is playable. <laughs> sure. Why not? It's slightly more possible than the Trapper. Yep. Uh, Polar Bear... Oh, yeah. The Up Special. Yeah. So, this is not... So, it's it's the Condor, as you may imagine. Okay. And uh, so, in this move called Condor, Condor appears. (gasps) So, Polar Bear holds on to the feet of the Condor, and you're propelling upwards. Um... And, you know, I'm kind of thinking similar to Snake Cypher, where you're going up, the Condor can dish out some mild damage if, you, if it hits you, uh, and Polar Bear gains some invincibility frames to make the move not be total trash. Uh, but Condor has more upwards momentum than just a drone camera from Solid Snake. So it's moving faster. It's a great bird, you know, so it has all that muscular strength in it. And it could be angled at more of a diagonal, so kind of think like Pitt's arrows in terms of movement. Um, but a little less so than that, uh, just, just for a general basis. Uh, once up in the air, like when you're at the apex of the move and you're at the top of what you can do, there's going to be a brief period of time where you can make the condor move strictly left or right. So you're holding onto the special attack button and then you're moving the stick in either, in either direction. So it kind of mimics how the condor moves in ice climber. Okay. Um, Yeah. I like that. Yeah. And, and you so there's those few extra moments that can be pivotal for recovery, and uh, by holding on to those uh, sticks, the stick and the button just a little longer, and that's the move. Okay, interesting. 
Uh, yeah. My episode was actually also similar to Snake's of Special. <laughs> uh, of all the moves for the Trapper, the of Special was the hardest one to go with because there is nothing to pull from easily from the Trapper or from Dead by Daylight itself. That's more like an upwards mobility type of move. There are some killers that can teleport, but Trapper's not one of them. Was it Shadow the Hedgehog? No, no, no. Nothing no. personnel, kid. What? No. Um, <laughs> instead, I had the Trapper making use of the Entity. Now, in Debodale, the Entity is pretty much like, well, the Entity that it's controlling the realm. It, anytime you see it, you only ever see it in like this weird spider-like form where it's got like these uh, barbed hooked legs that you can see pop out of the ground to stab you. Or when a, when a survivor is struggling on a hook, trying to, you know, not die, uh, these pieces of the entity will be encircling them, ready to, like, stab them through the heart as soon as they stop struggling. And then they'll carry them up into the abyss. Wonderful. So for the Trapper's Up special, I have Entity's Grasp. A dark and twisted hook, kind of looking like the meat hooks that, uh, the, survivor that the killers will place survivors on, will appear in front of the trapper and it's it looks like one of the it, it's in the shape of the hook but it actually looks like uh, one of the entities little clawed hook things uh the trapper will grasp onto the hook and it'll rise him into the air and uh carry the trapper along with it and it works similar to snake and his cipher however unlike snake i'm uh, unlike a cipher cipher no siphing yes uh unlike that the trapper will have very limited influence on where he's being carried it will also be a little bit slower than the Cypher, and it will only carry the Trapper about two-thirds as high up into the air. This move is quite literally a worse version of the Cypher, and that's intentional. Uh, the Trapper does not have good recovery. It's one of his weaknesses. He's more about uh, trapping players and fucking with their moves. Being able to run away himself and uh, jump up in the air, not a skill of his. Uh, he can, however, attack out of the special and still let it carry him upward, but only like his basic A attack. Nice. Well, actually, no, that's not true. Uh, that was one of my initial ideas. I forgot that I actually wrote it down slightly differently. He can just attack out of it, but it will end the the move. Okay, okay. Yeah. Well, at least you have that option to cancel out, so it's not totally defenseless. Right. Nice, nice. And that that that's a, that's a good another good solid representation of the character. And giving it a realistic weakness, so you're not dealing with like a little max situation, but you're not dealing with something over the top either. Right. So cool, cool. I like having this kind of defense-driven trickster character, uh, very unique for Smash. Uh, had I had I thought of these all myself, or we talked about it ahead of time, which would have defeated the purpose. Maybe the trapper would have made it further in that personal game we're playing, where we're kind of just. Smasher dashing on the side of work and stuff. I mean, he's still in. <laughs> he is still in. He is still in. <laughs> so, Polar Bear's down special, uh, like the up special is called Condor, this one is called iPot. I'm sorry, say that again? Uh, Topi. Oh. Yeah, that's that's okay. iPot backwards, as, as you know. <laughs> so, so is the oh, move you... called Topi or is the move called iPot? <laughs> it's called Topi. <laughs> oh, okay, you had me confused. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So Polar Bear's Topi friend that's made a few appearances appears again in front of Topi. Or rather, uh, Polar Bear grabs Topi. 
and there's yeah there's two there's two things you can do with this move uh if you just if you just have the down special and you just quickly tap the button inputs mm -hmm. he'll just set topi on the ground and the topi will move forward like it does in melee where it's walking and gliding towards opponents deals mono damage can be knocked off the screen but if you hold the button inputs you can bowl a topi instead yes. And the polar bear throws the topi forward just like it's playing bowling and rolls it into an opponent. Yes. And that's kind of the move. And I think if and I think two topies can be present on stage at a time is what I had written down. And there's a couple Yeah, and then when they're both knocked out, there's a few second recharge that way you're just not constantly barraging people with topi. Makes sense. Makes so sense. that's yeah, that's that. I also just thought of another uh, taunt or victory pose for the polar bear. Oh, really? Juggling topies. <laughs> that could be that That's could be special. Brilliant. You have to admit, mm -hmm. it's brilliant. Mm -hmm. <laughs> now I'm kind of thinking, like, man, it's too bad we didn't actually do polar bear for like a normal episode because I'm 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 coming up with some good shit here. <laughs> Well, nonetheless, I think it's time to reveal Trapper's down special. <laughs> yes, and once again, I'll be uh, explaining another feature of Dead by Daylight, because all, all of his moves kind of like pull something different, either about the character or a mechanic from the game. And it, it's as you know with me, I do this very intentionally, because I love showing off as many different things as I can. Mm -hmm. uh, some perks in the game will create what is called an obsession. Where uh, one of the four players, one of the four survivors, will be indicated as Dakula's obsession, and like in the in the UI in the UI of the game, it'll kind of look like uh, bony fingers just kind of like encircling their uh, little character icon. Mm -hmm. And being the obsession means something different depending on what perks are being ran in that particular match. Uh, it's I can't really go into a huge list of them all because there's just a lot of different things that can mean. But for Smash, mm -hmm. I figured, okay, how can I use the concept of having an obsession in Smash? So I have here a move called Obsessive Strike. The Trapper will perform Ooh. an overhead chop with his with his cleaver. He's just gonna like breathe down hard on somebody in front of him, kind of like if you were trying like split a melon open with an axe or whatnot. But this is a cleaver. This this attack is gonna have a slow start up to it, similar to Brutal Strength. And if the Trapper is able to make contact with an opponent, the effect is going to be well worth it. Any opponent who is hit by this attack will be referred to as the Trapper's Obsession. The Obsession will have those same bony claws come up around their character portrait in Smash, clearly marking that they are the Obsession of the Trapper at this point in time. This effect is going to last for only 10 seconds, so, you know, it's not too bad. And the Trapper can only have one Obsession at any one time. And if you use this attack on a, a second character, uh, then it will then that character will become the new obsession. The older one will no longer be under effect. If you use it on the same character again, it's just gonna like extend. It's gonna reset the timer. It doesn't extend it; it just resets it. What is the effect though? Well, similar to the Inklings Ink mechanic, all a in character love. no a character who is the Trapper's obsession will take one point five times the amount of damage from any attack that the Trapper hits them with. Nice. This does not mean that other characters can also get this effect. 
like with Inkling Zeke, it's only the Trapper's attacks will get this boost of damage, and it's only for that 10 seconds. But if you time it right and you follow it up with the right move, whole shit is going to be bad. And that includes throwing <laughs> items like a Bob-omb at that character. That's going to get that 1.5 times damage increase. Nice. Again, um, really good way to represent a character like this in Smash. And, you know, I'm not sure who the character would be, but I would hope that we have something similar in Smash one day. That's clearly not going to be the Trapper. No. Um, a, couple, <laughs> a couple other quick thoughts. Mm-hmm. Uh, number one, when you were like, how do you project an obsession into Smash? Or just something along those ways. And I was thinking, how do you project an obsession into Smash or about Smash, you say? How about making a podcast surely about speculating it that now will run over a year? I mean... Also... <laughs> uh, lastly, uh, Bony Fingers was my nickname in high school. I thought it was Salad Fingers. Actually, my first girlfriend in high, who was my girlfriend in high school called me Sausage Fingers, so is that. Didn't you get homeschooled? Yeah, I did. See, I had a napkin and also a piece of flint and a and a moth. Anyways, what's the polar bear's yeah. final smash? We can go into how I had a girlfriend. One of the, no, how about we don't? Yeah, anyway, I don't believe you had one. I did. It was you. What? <laughs> you don't remember those sweet summer nights? No. Anywho, yeah, we're already on the final smash. This is definitely a little bit breezier than than uh, other episodes, just because we're relaying it off the top and blue blue blue. Yeah, we're actually so uh... quickly for this. <laughs> well, whoops. Yeah, Any... It's fine. It's fine. It, it's fine. Yeah. Uh, so the final smash is kind of continuum motif with with the topi ahead bowling a topi, but the final smash is called polar bowler. Okay. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that's a clever name and all, but it was also, you know, if this were official to any extent, it would almost be plagiarism, but it's not. Because Polar Bowler is a game developed by Wild Tangent. That was that features a polar bear that looks similar to the Ice Climber polar bear. So I was like, hey, this is a fun name to convey what I'm trying to get across. So with the Polar Bowler Final Smash, uh, Polar Bear shoves a very large snowball. So think about the size of Polar Bear itself. Uh-huh. Uh, basically, like 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 they push in Ice Climber. Apropos. Uh, so, and they're throwing, and, you know, it's a quick animation. They're shoving this, and it moves at top speed towards opponents. So it's a pretty fast-moving snowball. Uh, anyone caught in the snowball, uh, first of all, you have this really delightful split second effect where you get to see all of them just trapped inside of it looking shocked uh and then anyone caught in it will enter it, it's a cinematic final smash so the cinematic is where the snowball with the shocked characters inside of it still uh f- just flies off the side of icicle mountain and then the fish is waiting at the bottom and consumes them from awesome. balloon fighter okay <laughs> So I, I was getting some uh, Katamari Damacy vibes here. Like, oh, <laughs> so they get trapped in snowballs. Like, oh no. 
Yeah. So yeah, it, kind of. Instead of, a... of like floating up the mountain, I was kind of expecting I was like, oh, they'll run into a wall and they'll just like go flying. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Another idea I had was for the condor to appear and pick up the snowball and just take it into oblivion, which could work, and it's not crossing games, but I thought bringing in the fish would be more entertaining since it also appears on Icicle Summit. Right, right. Yeah, that yeah. works. <laughs> okay, Trapper. So, are you ready to get bloody? I've been ready. Dead, in, in Dead by Daylight, uh, mm-hmm. one of the things that a killer can bring into the match is called a Memento Mori, where survivors can bring in items. The killers can't really do that. Uh, they can only just like bring in uh, add-ons to their regular attacks. But both servers and killers can bring in what are called offerings, and uh, they can be things that will increase the amount of points we'll get for the match, making the mist uh, lighter or thicker. Or the killers can bring in their memento mori's, and when they bring in a memento mori, it under certain conditions allows the killer to immediately kill the survivor. Oh. Whereas the normal process is hook the survivor once; they're just in regular hook mode. You hook the server a second time, now they're having to struggle against the, the entity. Hooking them a third time instantly kills them. If you use your Mori in Dead by Daylight, you'll, you can activate it after they've hooked them one time and just instantly kill them. Mm-hmm. So this final smash is Trapper's Memento Mori. Each character nice. has their own different animation for the Mori. And the Trapper's is, um, in Dead by Daylight, you know, he, he knocks them to the ground, he steps on them, and he just like repeatedly whacks their back open with his cleaver until they're just dead. Uh, for Smash, I, had, I was originally going to try and like, do the exact same animation, but I couldn't really <laughs> envision it as well because of them having to be on the ground and him just like whacking at the yeah. mat. So instead, I decided to uh, make it more like Triforce Slash. Uh, the Trapper is going to dash forward just a short distance. If another player is in his path, he's going to grab them by the neck and just like push them forwards. Not down to the ground, just like Push them forward so like they're off balance, and then he's going to repeatedly slash at them with the with the cleaver, as like again like they're doing triforce slash. Each successive attack will deal more and more damage to them. Another player can get too close and end up being hurt as well. Uh, and then the final slash will send the foes flying, unless they have over 100% damage, where the trapper will join the likes of Bayonetta in the insta kill club. Where if they have 100% damage by the time the final smash ends, they're dead. Oh, Other yeah. characters that were within range of the final hit, uh, they will not be instantly killed whether they've had 100% damage or not. Because they were not the Trapper's target when they uh, when he activated the final smash. Mm-hmm. Who, buddy bear? That's some, that's some stuff. Yes, it is. Works out pretty well. As per usual, it's come. It's a good boost set overall, and now we're coming into the home stretch with the with this move set portion. Yes. So, might call yeah. it the new crux of the move set. <laughs> that he would. So yeah, that fucking moment, as all three of us had the same <laughs> crux, the move set. Painter thing that, that killed me. That killed me. Like I thought it was funny when he did it on his own the first time, and you were just like, "I have the same thing." I'm just like, "Oh my god, I know what I have to do." It was beautiful. It was, it was a good time. It was a good time. I uh, couldn't have prepared us for the rest of that Adeline episode, though. Yeah. Nah. 
Um, so for Polar Bear's extra skill, if you were creating this move set with me, mm-hmm. this is where you would be like, "What the fuck?" Is this but now you just get to be like, snowman? "Yeah." Okay. So this is where I'm like, this is where you get to be like, "What the fuck?" But then you can't do anything to stop it. <laughs> I mean, it's not my character. I don't have a stake nope. in this. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Other than your own dignity, since we're co-hosting this episode. Anyway. <laughs> uh, yeah, the extra skill is called Snow Bear. So, Polar Bear builds a snow bear that looks like a comical snow version of itself. Mm-hmm. Snow Bear comes in three tiers. The first is the base tier. So, just that giant mound of snow, like, with a snowman. The second is the middle tier, of course, like the like the chest area of the snow bear. You're starting to build it up, and it it gets like the full the the full snowy shorts and whatever. And then the third is the head tier with the with the snow bear's polar bear mimicry. Um, and then if the head is completed, <laughs> so uh, all three assume, tiers are made. I'm assuming you're talking three... about like how it's tiered out. I'm assuming this kind of works mm-hmm. like uh, Zelda's down special. With the uh, the phantom. Uh, actually, I was thinking more like um, kind of like a villager down special, oh, where you okay, have three okay. separate. Yeah, so you're pressing the extra skill button three times to layer the uh, tiers. Gotcha, gotcha. And then, if, like, and then if you're like away from the tier and you just set down another another part. Like, you can just set it down anyway, but and it becomes kind of a defense mechanism. Mm-hmm. But eventually it melts, um, and it's just not that useful. So you're you're better served stacking them up. And as you when you stack them up, if you complete the snow bear... Uh, <laughs> here's the kicker. The snow bear comes to life. Naturally. Yep. And it will remain stationary, but it'll swipe at opponents who come to who come too close to it and appear in its range. Uh, so regardless, whether you know, you're building a defense with uh, with the building up of the initial tiers, or you're creating a full on snow bear that's alive. And either way, it offers some form of protection for the polar bear then. Um, so you can destroy the snow bear too with a few good hits, or it can dis- or it can melt away. Uh, then you just wait a few seconds before being able to start constructing another, and uh, kind of bada bing, bada boom, snow bear. Okay. Yeah, well. or as I say, in we bear bears, ice bear. Although ice bear would be the polar bear itself. Sure. <laughs> I, I don't really see what the the problem was with that move. The the only thing I would really change on it was I would probably make it uh, less villager, more like Zelda. So I think that would probably just flow better if I was designing him. But no, mm-hmm. I don't see a problem with that. I don't know why. Just that a little bit out there. Eh. <laughs> eh. It's whatever. Eh. Eh. Whatever it'll. Sounds what? good. Now, extra skill, Trapper? Yeah, so Trapper's extra skill. Um, So, perks for the killers, there's really two kinds there's your, your normal perks. Uh, just they have a, they have some kind of effect and sometimes act based under certain conditions or whatnot, but it's just it's just there. This other one's called hex perks. A uh, on the map uh, when they when they added the hag to the game, they created totems, and a totem looks like um, they took a three sided pyramid, 
constructed it using boats, and it only has like only like the the legs of it are constructed. There's no like siding that's done on them, but it's tied together at the top with a trio of skulls, and this is this is a totem. There's also hex totems, which is the same thing, but then there's a fire that is lit beneath it, showing that this totem is being powered by something and is having some kind of effect on the map. And there's several of these uh, different hex perks in the game. So when a killer has one equipped to them, one out of the five totems that is on the map will be lit. And until a survivor goes up to the totem and breaks it, that effect is going to be on the match. Generally speaking, Ooh. you want to get rid of them because they're not going to be good for you. Especially this one, which is considered one of the most dangerous in the game. This mm -hmm. is Hex. No one escapes death. Otherwise known as Noed. In Dead by Daylight, uh, this one only activates once uh, once an exit gate has actually been opened at the end of a match, and then one of the previously unlit totems will become lit. So you're incentivized to break them even if they're not currently a hex, because they can become it later. And in the game, Noed will um, give the killer an increased uh, increasement to the increasement. Wow, words. It'll give them a uh, f faster movement speed. Is what I'm trying to say, as well as the fact that they can. Uh, with one hit, take a survivor from being healthy to down on the ground. Normally, it's mm -hmm. one hit to be injured and then a second hit to be on the ground. But with no ed, they can insta-down you. Right. Obviously, it came over from nice. the exact same way in Smash. But what I do have worked out is that when the Trapper activates this extra skill, he's going to place a Hex Totem onto the stage. Oh. While the Hex Totem remains up on the stage... The Trapper's movement speed and his attack strength are both increased by 1.25. This can be paired greatly with a Possessive Strike. Uh, hex Totems will only disappear under one of the following conditions. If the Trapper gets KO'd. If the Hex Totem gets attacked and broken by attacks from other players. If the platform that the Hex Totem is placed on gets destroyed, such as the breakable platforms on Skyworld. Or if the Hex Totem disappears past the Blast Zones on the stage, such as a scrolling stage like 3D Land or Icicle Mountain. The Trapper can only have one Hex Totem on the stage at a time. He cannot put it in a new spot by trying to do this extra skill a second time. It will not work. Additionally, in order to help balance how good that, that, uh, that stat increase can be for the Trapper, he can only create one Hex Totem per stock. So if the Hex Totem gets destroyed, the Trapper cannot create a new one, until he gets KO'd himself. Nice. Oof. Buddy, buddy, bear. bear. I, I think it's funny that we have the Trapper, who's complex, introducing a new avenue of, of moves to Smash and different gameplay style. And it's like, hey, here's Polar Bear. <laughs> yeah, which is about how I expected it to go anyway, because... I came into this meaning to to screw off like that. Mm -hmm. I mean, but, uh... <laughs> that's, that's why I wanted to go with the Trapper over, like, Putt-Putt or Pajama Sam or Spy Fox, because I knew, mm -hmm. for, first of all, I knew I was going to have a hard time coming up with mm -hmm. moves for him. And I, I struggled with several of them. My first draft of some of these moves looked completely differently, and I hated it. Mm -hmm. But uh, I, I worked to come up with something that was like, okay, this is going to be something completely different. He's going to be all about placing stuff on the stage and causing different effects. And no character in Smash or on Smash Dothia plays like him. And I love it. Yeah. Unfortunately, yeah, uh... he's never going to happen for obvious reasons. 
Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, now I want him more than Scorpion. <laughs> yeah. Man, it's uh, it's cool to have kind of a. I guess they'd probably call it like a zoning character, but a little more than that. It's, it's the it's the tricky category in Mario Tennis per se. Oh, definitely. Um, yeah. So this is very cool, very very cool overall move set, and now, uh, special skills for Polar Bear. Polar Bear doesn't slip on ice. Oh, okay, okay. I like that. Yeah. Yep. I think and Ice Climbers Trap. also have that ability, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, they do. They do. I think it's uh, I think it's something that each of, if there were other Ice Climber characters, like, oh, hey, let's put the freaking Topi in it, too, because we drank a lot today. You know, then uh, Topi wouldn't slip on ice either. Like, it's something that that series can probably have to its name. Yeah, I think that's fair. Yeah, yeah. Uh, after and... the Trapper, he does not have any special skills. Uh, no crawling, mm-hmm. no wall jumps or wall cling. None of that. None of it makes sense for him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that makes sense. And then for Polar Bear, coming into the home stretch, we've made it past the crux of the of the character <laughs> now, and we're just gonna talk about costumes, I guess, and yeah. wrap things up. So, for costumes, you have the default Polar Bear with the pink shorts and the black rim sunglasses. And then there's a few more standard ones, and then we get a little bit crazier. Uh, so for starters, you get like blue shorts and orange sunglasses, yellow shorts and green sunglasses, red shorts and purple sunglasses, black shorts and gold sunglasses. So kind of uh, polar bear dressing up like a guy who shops at Dick's Sporting Goods a lot, you know. <laughs> so just kind of that. They have, they have the eyes on there. Yeah, we can. T- <laughs> Why not? What if you gave him a hat with uh, the the fish on it? Yeah, <laughs> that would be something to to make things work better, cooler. Be be that would I mean, be pretty. Like, one that's of the, what the one of the ones of the shorts needs to have the eggplant on the shorts. Oh yeah, oh yeah. Let's let's toss the eggplant on the black shorts and gold sunglasses is kind of what I'm feeling. Yeah, yeah, that works. Um, just make it a little. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, just just patterned all about. Uh, then I have one that's a total xenon throwback: silver shorts and silver sunglasses. He just needs frosted tips. Um, then actually, speaking of frosted tips there's a black short with flames coming from the bottom that kind of design with silver sunglasses although we can just as easily make them black with flames as well Mm -hmm. so kind of a guy fieri polar bear uh and then the polar bear also you know has tiger blood so it's tiger pad and shorts and tiger sunglasses and last but not least, a call back to yours truly and and his preferred choice of, of swim gear. Flamingo shorts and pink sunglasses. So just teal shorts with flamingos on them and pink sunglasses. Okay. I was thinking of like something Popo and Nana related, but I couldn't think of anything that looked good. Right, right. Beyond just blue shorts and pink sunglasses or whatever, that would be... I mean, the shorts could be like uh, the left side of them could be blue, the right side of them could be pink. That's true. That's true. 
Or this we'll, weird we'll work blue out in... tie-dye. That's also true. Something to work out in post, maybe. But for the meantime, what about Trapper? So, um, for Trapper, uh, again, in Dead by Daylight, uh, there are cosmetics. So mm-hmm. There are some free. Some of them have been given out for free. But then there's a lot that you can buy in their in-game store. The Trapper has quite a few of them, uh, some more interesting than others. And I picked out uh, eight of these uh, different cosmetics that you could buy in the store, along with one free, one that works a little bit differently to be his alternate costumes. Uh, I can only describe them so much here on the podcast when, we're <laughs> only, when we are only audio and no visual, but the pictures will be included on the uh, Smashtopia article on the wiki if you're willing to go look at that, or you can just look at... You know, the Dead by Daylight wiki, it's, they're kind of there too. Um, for the first one I have, the first one is called Smash Boy. Which you might be thinking, oh, that's a coincidence. But actually, this alt is exclusive to the Nintendo Switch version of the game. Which oh. is why they call it Smash Boy. Uh, and this, for, for, you know, for, for all these, like, he's wearing different masks and whatnot. And for this one, he has, like, a, a mask that's black on one half, red on the other. It, for his overalls, he has, like, this white x painted across of it obviously the x is supposed to represent the uh the symbol and smash in a way so that's uh-huh. kind of cool uh his second alt i have is called levy builder which um i really don't know how to describe this one he has like these high-waisted overall pants uh, and his mask is like kind of looks like fire on the front of it it's kind of how the design look for that one looks nice uh he has racing biker which he kind of looks like a hell biker kind of person like he's got these like metal shin pads on his legs he's got like uh arm guards with spikes coming out of them and he has this like uh like this motorcycle motorcycle biker sort of mask on his face like it's not it's not looks like your normal helmet but it kind of looks like what it's what it's supposed to be based off of uh his fifth one is called macmillan minor and you know he's kind of looks like he's a miner except he's wearing a gas mask and he's got like the uh the headlight lamp on his head mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, then he has circus strongman where you know he's supposed to be a circus strongman he's got like those really short shorts he's got like, like the belt uh he's got the you know how they kind of have like that weird top where there's a strap on one shoulder and then like the rest of it isn't there like how he's showing off half of his like chest like a tetsuya namura character yeah uh no, no, I would not say like a Tetsuya Namura character, more like you know a circus strongman character, <laughs> like literally in the yeah, game. yeah. Uh, the next one is called Sinner's Slaughter, where it looks like he's wearing um, like the the outfit of a person that would work in a fern with a furnace. So he's got like that heavy padded gear and the big old helmet where he almost like a small slit that he can see through so that the flames don't go in his face. Oh, right. And there's, like, blood all over it. It's got, like, a bloody skull on the front, so that's kind of mm-hmm. fun. I've got Seaside Psycho, which I don't know how to describe this one other than it's fucked up. <laughs> so it's me. Uh, he has, like, a skull for his mask, and, like, his guts are, like, for, for his stomach, like, you can actually see, like, part of his guts. He's kind of, like, ripped open the front. It's really disgusting. It's awesome. Perfect for Smash. Perfect yeah, for Smash. Yeah, totally. Uh, then we have King of the Hooks, where I don't know what this one is supposed to be. He's got like some like glowing particle effects on him, as if kind of like he's 
he was partially burned, I guess, and like part of the glow is still there. Mm-hmm. But then for his final one, uh, each character and like both survivors and killers in the game can prestige. Once you hit level 50 with the character, you can prestige them, and they go to the level 1 again. You can do this three times. Well, yeah, yeah, you can do this three times. Anytime you prestige them, you get a bloody piece of gear for that character, because characters can be equipped with either, like, uh, headgear, a top, and a bottom for, like, the stars, and the killers are more, like, uh, weapon, and then, like, sometimes it's just their head, sometimes it's, like, a full top of them, sometimes it's their bottom. It depends on the killer. So, mm-hmm. for the Trapper's third uh, all here, I have Prestige Tier 3, and he's wearing all his prestige, his prestige clothing, and the prestige clothing for every character is their normal default outfit, but just smothered in blood. <laughs> so he is drenched in blood to the salt. <laughs> it's fucking disgusting. On some, it looks better on some characters than others, but Trapper literally looks like he took a bath in blood. Nice. Well, blood like drip across the stage when you're playing an adult. No. Okay. <laughs> you gotta draw the line somewhere. Yeah. Yeah. So with that, there's only one last thing to discuss about each of our characters, and that is, what is their home stage? There's not really much that you can really work with for uh, the Polar Bear and Ice Climber. We've had two Ice Climber stages in Smash. I created a third stage that they could have on the Smashtopia Wiki. But I'm curious what you have for the Polar Bear's home stage. As am I. I totally forgot that you had a stage on the Smash. We've been talking about stages for these characters for the last couple of days. How did you forget? I know. I know. I know. I. I. Well, yeah. So. Uh, well, I can quickly throw out to you as a brief reminder. In melee, we have Icicle Mountain, which was the uh, vertical side, the vertical scrolling stage that everybody hated. There's the summit mm-hmm. stage in Brawl, which you're putting on top of the summit. And then on Smashtopia, I created the stage just called Ice Climber, which is uh, taking, like, I think it's I think it's the bonus stage I took straight out of Ice Climber, and I applied it as a stage in Smash. I might have, like, it might have just been, like, the full, like, level one level that you can fight on. I don't remember exactly mm-hmm. what it is off the top mm-hmm. of my head, but that's, that's what currently exists, unless you want to come up with something real quick that's new. Yeah, so um, what I was thinking was something more along the lines of... So we have the summit, we have the mountain, we have that recreation of the first level on Ice Climber, mm-hmm. but um, we don't really get more representation of, you know, that base of the mountain. So um, my stage, tentatively anyway, is, is called Mountain Base. And or or summit base or whatever, and you're at the the foot of the mountain, and you get a look at kind of the polar bear's home, and you get a look out into the bay area of of proceeding. So half of the stage is Arctic water, and you are hopping on panels of ice while they cross the water, and then on the other side is more solid um, ground that's all ice. And in that area, you get a look at, like, igloos and, and polar bear society and polar bears and topies interacting with each other at the foot of the mountain. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, and maybe we can include the fish in there, but I haven't really thought that through yet. All right. So the polar bear's home yeah. stage is the mountain base, or base of the mountain. Yeah. So we have, like, the entirety of Ice Climber represented now because we have 
the base of the mountain, climbing the mountain, the top of the mountain, and a recreation of the NES game. Uh, there's yep. literally no other possible territory that you can tread at that point. Maybe someone crazy can figure it out. Nope. It's done. There's nothing new. <laughs> can't, it can't be done. We'll see. So, for the Trapper's home stage, uh, there's a lot of different maps in Dead by Dale that I could have chosen, and but each killer has, well, almost every killer has their own uh, realm and set of maps that are connected to them through the lore. And naturally, the Trapper has the Macmillan Estate. It's where all his dirty deeds were done, it's where the mine was, and where he killed all those people, and trapped his dad in a basement. Honestly, his dad was a real oh. asshole. If you look more into the lore, his dad was an abusive prick. He deserved it. Anyways, mm -hmm. uh, for the Macmillan Estate, I kind of envision this being like a, a mid-air stage. No, that's actually not a mid-air stage, I forgot about that. It's, it's a grounded stage, but um, you see in the background, uh, survivors running around. You can see the background shifting between different some of the different big locations on his maps, like the Groening Storehouse or the Coal Tower. And you'll sometimes hear like sound effects from the game being played out, as if there's an actual match of Dead by Daylight happening behind the Smash Brothers fight. Okay, super cool. So on one hand, we have a look at the life of polar bears that we've always wanted to be... Uh, documentized to to go along with your increbilements that you were talking about earlier and looking at that through through the background of smash and then you have a uh, brutal hook centric murder happening on in the background of your stage yes. very nice juxtaposition i enjoy it which brings me to a thought that i had earlier when you were describing the entity oh. and then again when i mentioned tetsuya namura which is, is the Entity really just a nomura eyes version of the Mind Flayer? You know, the Mind Flayer is not a bad comparison, in all honesty. That's that's not bad. Uh, I might actually go with Beholder. Okay, there you go. That Speaking also... Of, I really hope that for uh, Stranger Things Season 4... The D and D monster they use for that villain, I'm really hoping they go with Beholder. Really hoping. Mm -hmm. we, we've had Jim mm -hmm. we've had Mind Flayer. I want to see a Beholder. Oh yeah, oh yeah, absolutely. I concur. And that's pretty much the episode. Besides saying that next time we're going to be talking about the possible inclusion of Hopper from Stranger Things in Smash Brothers. Very likely choice. What? A Hawaiian shirt alt and everything. What? <laughs> I think what you mean to say is that next time we're going to be doing a Smash or Dash episode. And like the like this episode and the previous one, we're doing something a little bit special for the last Smash or Dash of our first year of Supercast Brothers. We'll be doing more than just two matchups. Mm-hmm. But for as far as what the exact details are... I think I'm gonna let that stew and be a secret until you listen to our next episode. Just be yeah. ready for uh, a lot of matchups. A lot. Yeah, quite, quite the ride it's gonna be, and oh, it's gonna be a, an epic way to finish up this final, this first year rather, not the final year. That would be sad. Yeah. Uh, the <laughs> the first year of Super Casper. This is coming to an end with the episode of Smasher Dash that's gonna be released on eight. 29 august 29th 
and it's going to be a good old time. I enjoyed this episode. It, it felt uh, it was nice and easy breezy after uh, getting into the intense intensities rather of swapping off and deciding on a moveset that was kind of nice to reel back and then just enjoy each other's moveset ideas rather and, and in your case come up with ideas on the fly in my case being like wow this is a consistently just like this is a great new character idea with the trapper um so with that said i suppose that we shall wrap things up and i'll see you all another time Adieu, adieu.